right now on Amplified, the Engineers Journal podcast. We're about to meet the CEO of Winthrop Engineering, Anne Dooley. There's a physical world that we inhabit and there's, there's a framework and there's calculations and details that are required. You have to have a knowledge of how things function and how things are delivered and there's a preciseness about it. But there's also, you know, an attitude of mind, a curiosity, a willingness to learn as you go past that technical training. You know, when people come as far as us, they're learning inside the environment and they have that technical qualification. Hello there, my name is Dusty Rhodes and you're welcome to Amplified, the Engineers Journal podcast where we speak with leading members of our community of creative professionals about how engineers are delivering interesting and sustainable solutions for society. Joining us today is the CEO of a company who since 1995 has gone from being a fairly traditional Irish MEP business to becoming one of the leading data centre developers across Europe. Currently, they're working in around nine European countries and some of the biggest names in the business are counted as their clients. The company employs around 750 people and in 2022, they're expecting a turnover to top €1 billion. To share some of the secrets of this success, the lady who has been a director of the company since 1997 is with us now. And I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast the CEO of Winthrop Engineering, Anne Dooley. Anne, how are you? Great, thanks. Tell me, how did you get into this engineering business in the first place? Um, I chose to do engineering in college in 1984 when I finished school. I grew up in the west of Ireland near Tume, Carfin, and uh, they family of seven. My dad was a farmer and wasn't a lot else to do. So, uh, you know, school education, um, I'm number six of seven. Three of my older siblings had done engineering and I just, lack of imagination, ticked the same box. Um, and I think if I was to think back, you know, I was reasonably good at maths, I suppose I thought I probably could do it, but it was more, um, if you think back to life in the 80s, that there was no work here, no employment here, or it felt like a very grim place. And you felt that if you graduated, you had to travel. And engineering was one of those sort of portable degrees. You could go and work anywhere in the world. So that was the thinking. And w- would you describe yourself as a kind of a, a creative person who, li- who likes to look at something and, and solve the problem? Um, creative? I think I'm, you know... I like I like to see things done. I like to progress things positive. I like to move forward. I'm easily easily enough bored. So you know I like doing things, um, delivering like completed things. There's a great satisfaction in uh, any job where you're creating something. You know whether it's a design creative or you know engineering. What we do now, you know, delivering a project and there's a real team ethos about it. The teams get bigger as the projects get larger. We're still a big team and you know, whatever level you're in the group, you you know, bring forward your best talent. So I guess the way coaches and teams work, you know, so that's a, that's, I think that's, that's what I find drives me and that's where I get enthusiasm from. I want to ask you a little bit about that and coaching and teams just a, a little later, but first tell me about the company because you, you specialize in data centers now, that's what you do, but you have a very kind of precise speciality, if you like, what is that? Okay. So I suppose the, the, the company was founded by Barry English in 1995 and he set it up as a as an MEP uh, subcontractor. So we would specialize in doing mechanical and electrical uh, work in, you know, in, in industrial, mainly, not industrial, mainly offices. Yeah. So, you know, not domestics, not, not particularly, um, you know, not housing. And then we progressed to do a lot of, we did hospital work. And hospital work is a great similarity because it's very precise. It's a technical delivery. Um, you know, you learn a lot of good discipline there, how to work and, you know, working around live environments if you're doing hospital extensions or whatever. 
uh, and we progressed there. But then we got an opportunity in 2015 to work on uh, data centers with an American client, but they wanted a full delivery, not just the MEP. They wanted the the, the building delivered as well, the building work. Um, and we had done some in the number in the previous number of years, a number of data centers where, where we had provided the full delivery uh, MEP CSA um, turnkey delivery. Why does that happen sometimes? Because the data centers, it's a very technical delivery. The MEP is the lead side of it. And sometimes the, the building and the, the other work can be somewhat peripheral, depending on the design of the data center. So data centers are, are, are by their very nature, it, it's all about it's all about power and cooling. Uh, and, and you're providing a, a premises that can provide consistency and continuity of, of power and cooling at all times. So that's the key. And then the building is designed around it. So the MEP and understanding the MEP is, is very important. So we had done throughout the uh, 2000, we did a number of turnkey data center deliveries. We got an opportunity with an American client and they were expanding into Europe. They were looking for a partner. They interviewed a few people, a lot of companies larger than us, but they they liked our attitude and they were coming into Europe to to develop and they needed to move fast and they wanted a partner that could move with them quickly. Uh, and that was us. And we're still working with them to this day. We do, do, do all the data center builds in Europe. And then off of that, we delivered. We delivered strongly. They got some big opportunities. Uh, they took us along on their opportunities uh, and we delivered for them. And the data center world is very, it's a very positive environment in that their projects are tend to be a year to 18 months long. Um, fast delivery. And, and it is all about delivery and all about client focus because they are looking to, the data centers are, don't exist. You know, they, 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 their demand is driven by all of our iPhones, all of our software resolution, all the different types of reasons that we all need the cloud and all the rest of it. And we saw during the pandemic how much the cloud was a necessity to, to our world. So, so there, and to develop that out there in their businesses, the software companies or the, the end users, they've got to plan all that out. So they're, they're looking a year or two out what they think their de- demand will be. And they need to have the they need to have certainty of delivery of the physical infrastructure of the data center, and and we have to be focused on that. And things happen, things go wrong, something is late. So what we're really good at as, is reconfiguring our timelines, or or you know relooking at our program, rescheduling, resequencing, and and because we deliver everything, um, the, the the building, the civil structure, architectural, the MEP, we can move all the pieces around to suit. We're, we're a good deal more nimble. It may be stemmed from our background as as on the MEP, but that's that's a kind of a you know an agileness and a flexibility that we haven't lost. And again, partnering with our clients, understanding what their needs are, appreciating their requirement to have it delivered on time, and doing whatever it takes to try and assist them on that journey. And you know, being creative, thinking about different solutions. You know, we're, we're not people to sit down when something something happens, and, and you know, the client has has a, maybe an issue with the delivery of a piece of equipment they're supplying. Our first reaction isn't to sit down and write a letter. Our first reaction is to say, okay, this has happened here. We have to deliver together. Let's figure out how to make it better. How big a difference does it make the fact that you are able to oversee everything rather than working only half the project or having to work with several different teams? Doing the turnkey delivery, and sometimes we also do the design, which is another piece of it. Uh, what it does is it means that you can manage all the pieces and you don't have any resistance if every uh, participant in a, in, a, in a team or in a project is trying to deliver their piece as best they can in a certain lane. And, you know, uh, that's understandable. But, it, you know, if we're sitting above it and, and we're managing all the pieces, we can redirect and resequence them and, we, you know, to see the better to see the better solution rather than saying, well, you know, we're going to go on and finish the building here and, you know, we'll just give you access when it suits us. Whereas we're saying, well, look, we need to deliver here. This is the best sequence of events. And, you know, it, it might not be the most efficient for, 
your little piece, but for the overall piece, it's going to help us deliver. So I think that's what we're good at. And that's what we try and concentrate on. That efficiency kind of translates into speed. So when you're doing a turnkey data centre, one of the things you pride yourselves on is how fast you can go from greenfield to delivery. How fast? It depends on the size of the project. Uh, I mean, the timelines, uh, timelines that our clients' business needs demand are very strict and they're very tight, but we're also very sensible. You know, we, we don't commit to dates that we can't deliver on. You know, they're a year to 18 months to deliver the pro- deliver the size of the projects that we're delivering is typical. And what we try and do is we try and do detailed schedule of all the activities and all the the the, the inputs and the uh, outputs and, and you know, and, and clearly show something that can be delivered. What we like to do is, is to get the right time to get the reliable time our clients are not interested in somebody come along and being a hero and suggesting really short timelines that they then can't deliver to their end customers because that's to nobody's benefit. One of the things that really speeds things up uh, that I believe you're quite proud of is prefabrication. What can you tell me about that? The key you know, developments in the industry over the last number of years will be the, the use of um, you know, 3D drawings, moving on from there to building information modeling where you are really detailing out in 3D project very very early on from the very early design stages so you're picking up all the difficult pieces um, picking up all, all the clashes and all the things that might not work to your team on site don't have to encounter that and they can just go to site and build and um, the prefabrication piece allows you at the very minimal level you know doing some basic elements off site but it'll also allow you pre- prefabricate say electric, electrical switch rooms and get them completed uh, in a container and all the uh, component elements tested and delivered and you can have that happening in tandem while you're doing building the building so you can imagine that you can move that prefabricate piece of kit into position. So you're not waiting for the building built and then to start assembling it. And, you know, it's always easier to work in a factory environment if you're doing that kind of technical piece of delivery than, you know, than working in a, on a greenfield site. And you can't work on the greenfield site until it's been, you know, until it's uh, watertight, until it's, you know, dust free and all the rest of it. So you can work in a, in a, if you're working in a production environment, you get much better delivery. I'm interested in how the company will describe a lot of the projects that you do as mission critical. Now, anybody in engineering will say that everything they do is mission critical. How do you define mission critical? I, I suppose mission critical is, is what the, the data, you know, it describes the data center industry um, really, you know what I mean? That it's that it's uh, it's a critical, it's critical, it's core, um, it's a hundred percent uptime piece of it that's required. I think that's what drives the mission critical. I know sometimes people consider some, maybe some you know medical institutions are mission critical because they have to have that hundred percent uptime as well. But we tend to refer to ourselves mainly as you know turnkey data center infrastructure delivery. That's what we do, and the turnkey nature is a is a piece that I enjoy particularly because you know we have clients where we've done the design for them. So we have the greenfield site, we've done the design, we've applied for the permit, we've taken on the the subcontractors that we need to deliver the job, we've managed the team, we've delivered it, and we've commissioned it um, and handed it over. And that's a great delivery. You know, it wasn't there before, and now there's a whole thing created that you've been involved in. But the the industry is, is very technical. Uh, you know, we employ a lot of uh, engineers across, you know, uh, mechanical, electrical, civil structural, guys with design experience, guys that work, want to work in the BIM department. We take on 20 graduates this year uh, on a graduate program. We had, I think, 12 uh, interns in the summer, you know, engineering graduates. And that's, you know, we're we're happy to take them on, happy to take them on either in here in Ireland or we're working, we're live in Eight countries in Europe um, happen to be doing a good bit of work in Ireland at the moment. But, you know, our, our business is Dublin based. 
but we're working throughout Europe. Um, all of our projects are served by our office here. Our projects are live um, in Germany, in Sweden, in uh, Holland, um, in Warsaw, in, in, in Poland. You know, so we have lots of opportunities and opportunities for travel to offer people, which I think is interesting. I think one of the things that Wintrop is proud of is that there's a mix of very experienced people and young talent who are coming into the company. And there seems to be a real ethos of a a kind of a mentorship program uh, within the company. Is that true? Yes. And we've always been like that. We have always taken on a number of graduates, always, uh, you know, have a number of people who work with us who who joined us after college and stayed with us. Um, But we're always trying to, you know, incorporate and uh, and add members to our team. You know, I have one, you know, we have a a very senior design engineer here. And I mean, you know, there's there's no lack of enthusiasm in uh, his ability. And, you know, I'm watching the sharing of knowledge with young graduates as they come through, you know, the interest in it. And I think especially when people first come out of college, you know, they're, they're anxious to see what it is they're going to be to do, what it is they're going to be expected to deliver. And they like the practicality of this industry. Uh, and, it, you know, I, I feel for ourselves also, it's it's such a, a technical environment that we live in. And, you know, it's it's a high tech industry, high tech deliverables. Um, uh, and with clients who expect a very, very slick product at the end of it, they expect it to be done and done well. You know, they're great clients to work for, demanding, but that's what they're expecting from for their from their partnership with us. One of the things that strikes me about the company is that the company is still owned by the directors. Yes. Um, and speaking to you, even though you've got 750 employees, you sound like you know every single one of them. Yes. <laughs> Do you think kind of, kind of owning the company connects you better with uh, the people who are working with you? You know, I, I think I've grown with the company. Uh, um, you know, we all have grown with the company. It's grown significantly stronger in the last number of of, of years. But uh, you know, we don't like the the ethos uh, of our uh, you know in partnership with our clients, in partnership with our with our with our team and our colleagues here. You know, we we deliver together. Um, for myself, I think the team ethos of success is the is the key support for Winthrop that I see. You know, it's our foundation um, and delivering together and, you know, vicissitudes arise in whatever form in the course of delivery of a project. But, you know, rising above them, dealing with them, dealing with them positively, you know, openness to engage, uh, learning new things, knowing that you don't always know all the answers yourself, but one of your colleagues might, that kind of that kind of learning. That kind of partnership is something that uh, I think we always try to promote. And, you know, we feel that bringing in younger, new graduates, you know, people are, I saw we had some join there a couple of weeks ago. And look, you can see the keenness and the interest they have. And you know, the projects are large. They're, they're exciting to work on. And, you know, you, you have your piece in them. And I, and I started up my own career that, that, that way, working on a small piece of a large project. But, you know, you've got to deliver that piece and you, then you then you then you get you get the confidence and and you get the experience and you get the exposure to these large projects learning new things and just constantly learning about what's going on uh, around you is is great but at the same time if you don't know something and there's somebody above you and you don't want to look stupid <laughs> i'm a great believer in the in in the phrase there's no such thing as a, a stupid question uh, how do you feel that because you're at the top of the tree in in the company would you prefer people to ask those kind of questions or would you prefer to them to do yeah. something else? Well, I suppose, first of all, I'm not at the top of any tree because we're a re- very flat structure. I like that. We don't have that kind of uh, atmosphere or, or, or feeling in, within the company. Uh, obviously, the projects have a, a management team and there was obviously people in charge and managers in the different levels. And I got asked one day, 
who's the most important person that, you know, if you're looking for a project team, who's the most important on any given day, it's, it's, you know, it's different people. It's safety officers are vitally important, vitally important, making sure that people go, go to work uh, safe and come home safe and, and help the teams deliver a safe project, make sure that the safety training is inculcated in all the people that, that, that arrive onto the site. Um, on another day, you know, it's the mechanical engineer or the civil structural engineer or whatever, you know, it, 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 it varies. So everybody's got, everybody's important in their own day. QS is quantity surveying. Our, our back office here is, um, if you don't have administration, if you don't have finance, nobody gets paid and nobody pays you. Then you've got to also have your purchasing team, you know, putting the putting the purchase orders out there, ordering the equipment, ordering the materials. So, you know, everybody has their, their part to play in it. Um, the question you asked me was um, asking Yeah, you know, I, I completely, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, completely encouraged that, I'm, you know, there's always new things to be learned. It's a, uh, um, you know, we have a number of different clients and they, while we're building data centers, delivering data centers for them, every client has different needs, different requir- different requirements. So start off with an open and engagement, you know, you know, three letter acronyms are the bane of every industry. So, you know, when you come along with a new client, they'll have a different one that you haven't heard of. Ask the question, you know, be prepared to look a bit, you know, to, no, be prepared to ask the question. I didn't honestly, oh, okay, now that's really obvious. And, you know, I think that, you know, if you don't have that in an organization, you have nothing. You have to have that piece where people are prepared to, you know, uh, admit to what they don't know. Go and research it uh, and come back. Uh, the answers won't always be, you know, as easily as that, uh, easily found as that. But, you know, have the interest to go and, and research them. Speaking of three letter, uh, an acronym CPT is uh, very important in any organization. Do you have any kind of a path for continuous professional development? We certainly do. We have a we have a we have a, a subcommittee here who have supported it. Uh, right through the business over the last number of years and uh, yeah, and continuing to do so. And we used our CPD team as well to, to help us a lot when we were designing our recent graduate recruitment program. We were formalizing that mm-hmm. into a two-year program and the CPD team were, you know, they were very instrumental in helping us share the areas there. And we've obviously gotten a lot of advice on that from uh, EI over the years. Learning and recognition is also a very important part of your career development and you have won Businesswoman of the Year. How did that change or why did you get involved in that? Um, why did I get involved in that? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I um, Was it one of those things where somebody entered you and you just had to go for it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, the, 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 the diversity agenda in the industry is high, you know, if there could be a bias towards hiring women engineers, there would be. There's a bias towards hiring engineers, full stop. It's trying to find enough of them. Um, you know, I still don't see a lot of uh, women coming through. Uh, and I don't think, you know, at the employer level, I think the the difficulty is filing, finding talent full stop from wherever it comes. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we, we do support AEI, particularly do a lot of work at the, you know, at the schools at the lower level to try and encourage people into it. You know, it, it's it's certainly from an employer perspective, I think the thing for us is to, is to show the attractiveness of of the industry, you know, the data center industry in terms of the end-to-end construction of the data center, and then on from there, from the operation and the uh, and the support structures of it, and to, to feel that there is a continuity and that it's a you know it's a great industry to work in. Um, you know, I I, have a, I love my job, I love my career, I love the delivery of it, I like being part of that of that kind of positive program, and it's constantly as well. If you're at the stage where you're where you're involved in particular projects, you know it's new teams every year, eighteen months because the project completes and you move on. You know, different, not necessarily a full new team, but you're getting to know new people and 
It's very multicultural, which is, again, another even in Ireland and especially as we work throughout Europe, you know, working alongside different people, you learn different things, not just in your work, but just generally, you know, you it, it's, it's good. For, I think it's good, good all around, good for, for, for people's uh, education and for interest, interest. I'm guessing you have had a good experience with Engineers Ireland. Can you tell me just one of the useful things that Engineers Ireland has done for you personally? Um, hmm. For me personally, um, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a recognition for the role of the engineer um, and Engineer Ireland, you know, gives that a, give that a status and a standing. You know, there's a the professional uh, engineer is a, is a title uh, that is used a lot. Uh, and I think Engineers Ireland have have really focused on trying to develop that out. And, and I know a number of years ago, they, I would have felt they were very focused on the more the civil structural on the, that side of the world. But that, I think they've, they've broadened out their communication so that, you know, it's across the full spectrum, you know, and include, including on the, the, the IT side, because that's a huge draw for the uh, engineers of the future. And, you know, I think we want to get people into our side of the industry, but we, you know, we want to draw, attract people in. Um, and I think Engineers Ireland do a super job on that. Let me ask you, uh, kind of going back to the day-to-day business of the uh, of the company, back to data centres, because one of the problems with data centres is they get a bad rap, mm. especially you know with sustainability and and environment. How are you thinking about that problem now? How do how do you counter mm. that? Well, I suppose they're um, they're the way we see them is that they're the next utility, you know. So we're not going to put our phones in the bin. You know, we're not you know we're not going to start driving without Google Maps, you know, or whatever. Uh, product you want to use you know all of that software as a service we all have you know lots of companies are operating microsoft 365 in the cloud so all of those things you know lots of different deliveries they all require a, a utility to, to store them so that's that's why the data centers exist um and then i mean they're designed to be very efficient because the main cost to the operator is the use of power so they've got a pue a power usage uh, power utilization efficiency uh, calculation. And that's very important in the industry because they're very focused on that because they're so, so that they're they're designed to be as as uh, energy efficient as possible. For sure, they are new infrastructure. So for sure, they, they're, not, they're not neutral on the environment. Um, but it's a positive industry with a lot of progressive end user clients who are focused on buying where they can and buying forward on renewable power, which is helping that side of the industry. And also a lot of focus now on, you know, trying to make the circular economy in terms of the carbon, the embedded carbon that's in the industry. And a lot of analysis now is happening on that to see how we can reduce that as as we build forward. So I I think, you know, as an industry, it's a very developed industry and and it's very conscious of its sustainability demands and again i see the workforces of the future you know they want to see that development that aspiration within us as a company and within our clients you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, they, and they can see that they can see that focus on the sustainability piece it's a very fast moving industry and things do change uh, and like you guys have been on yeah. things early like you were one of the first to get into bim yeah where do you kind of how do you keep yourself on top of what's happening within your industry now you know, we've got a lot of great talent within the company mm. um, spread across Ireland and Europe. Um, and we've got a lot of really good talent. Uh, you know, we're, we're not a, uh, we're not a, we're a Dublin based company, mm. but our, we're not by no means exclusively Irish, Irish staff. Mm. So we've got a lot of really good qualified 
experienced engineers, uh, quantity surveyors coming into the company, project managers, bringing with them their knowledge and their experience. And, you know, we, we're, we're happy to invest. We're happy to develop those, uh, those skills and, uh, and share them across the company. And, you know, we're very, what we're very good at is, is if we, you know, if we're on a particular project in say Sweden or something and we, and we, develop something up there that helps the work, you know, a process or a, a safety procedure, then we'll make sure that we roll it out across all the companies so that we have a, a similar delivery and we have a consistent delivery for all of our clients across all of our projects. A lot of the projects you are involved in, I mean, it would be fair to describe it as high performance building design, really. Yeah. Um, how do you make sustainability a part of that high performance? Well, I think there's a lot of measures now coming into the uh you know, sustainability starts back at the at the design. It starts back at the location of the of the of the projects. We don't. We're not always responsible for the design. Very often, our clients will design the, the, the buildings, and then we work with them from there. But I think sustainability is is embedded in all of our uh, in all of our clients' um, briefs to their design teams. Uh, you know, whether we're on the design team or not. When we look at when we look at the design, when we look at how we're going to develop it, you know, we're looking at the the most sustainable solution and the most energy efficient solution uh, on the project because the, the clients are, are interested in the power usage because that's the most expensive part of them and you know there's the demands there so they want to be that to be used as efficiently as possible and, and as I said also there's, there's a lot of uh, a lot of now uh, knowledge coming into the industry a lot, a lot of assessments and a lot of uh, focus on you know, managing your your carbon uh, footprint or your embedded carbon throughout the life of the project to see if you can try and reduce that. The world is changing a lot as we go into the mid-20s. We have war, the supply issues, power, uh, the cost of uh, economic turndown uh, is, is the topic of the day. Just from your point of view, what's the biggest challenge that's facing engineering? Well, I suppose we're we're a people business. You know what we do is it's a service industry. So, um, so what we're doing, so we're 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 a management team from project managers, project directors, project managers, right down to the the supervisory level within the company. Um, so it's all for us. It's 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 developing the talent um, uh, and attracting the talent and making sure we have the best so we can deliver the best at all, at all times. You know, so you know there's, there's a certain type of colleague that we look for that's going to be that. You know, you have to have that positive mindset for delivery, client focused. You know, no matter what level you're coming in at, and you know the 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 uh, the engineering graduates for sure have to have the qualifications and the technical qualifications is very important. But then after that, it's attitude. And, you know, attitude goes an awful long way in, in any business, as you know. And, you know, the, the support teams that we build around the engineers and the uh, construction teams, but again, you know, a positive supporting environment. And that's that's what we try to develop. And when you talk about attracting talent, what kind of things do you do to attract? Um, I suppose we, we're, we're very quiet as a company. We we don't do much um, uh, um, advertising. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to, talking to you here today, it's trying to reach out to the, uh, you know, potential graduates of the future to, you know, to consider um, our area of, uh, of operations as, as a possible graduate career because we can offer them a, a good and positive you know, and, a, and longevity of a career, consistent careers offer some travel if they want to do that or indeed but also uh, training and mentorship and Dooley it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for taking the time to join us on the podcast today thank you if you would like to find out more about what we spoke about on the podcast today you'll find show notes and link details in the description area of your podcast player right now and of course you'll find more information and advanced episodes on our website at engineersireland.ie 
Our Amplified podcast today was produced by DustPod.io for Engineers Journal. If you would like more episodes, do click the follow button on your podcast player so you get access to all our past and future shows automatically. Until next time, from myself, Dust Drills, thank you for listening. <laughs>